This is AgriPulse Open Mic. I'm your host, Jeff Nelly. Our guest this week is Jim Walker, Vice President of Case IH North America Agricultural Business. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by Syngenta. See how we're focusing on our one planet with six commitments. See the Good Growth Plan at www.goodgrowthplan.com. This is AgriPulse Open Mic. A shift in net farm income by Commodity Group is having an effect on the farm equipment industry. Jim Walker, Vice President of Case IH North America, says while the cash crop by horsepower market is becoming more stagnant, the livestock customer base appears on an upswing. Walker says emission standards, government regulation, and tax uncertainty are challenges for the equipment industry and for the success of their top customer. The most important thing for us as a manufacturer is our our number one customer is our dealer network, and uh, I think that they have to be profitable, and and the measurement of an ag ag, uh, dealership profitability is measured on on high machinery sales and low machinery sales years of what can they uh, cover their expenses with, and so absorption costs. Coverage, which is you know how much can uh, parts and service cover their overhead on an ongoing basis, is vitally important for their profitability. So we look at you know when, when companies talk about market share, for instance, we look at market share during an upswing economy like we've had in the past as the volume a dealer can sell and put machine population out there. So the cycle they go through, like right now, uh, they're able to have more machines to work on, more machines to be able to you know cover the the expenses in their in their dealership, and yet now is you're in a tightening economy, you have to look at market share of, of growing customer base. Uh, and so then when the business does turn around, the cycle turns around, you've got a larger base to grow from on the volume again. So our partner and our, our first customer is really our dealer. From a, an end producer standpoint, when we look at uh, especially cash crop business, we see that they're looking for profitability. They have to right now as opposed to you know having some uh, disposable income to be able to spend on machinery. So we're looking at moving from an iron uh, manufacturer to a smart iron manufacturer. And so you, you see here Commodity Classic, for instance, uh, where we're at that our whole uh, portrayal down on the floor is of the track system that we provide, whether it be a row crop tractor, a cash crop tractor, uh, or, or a four-wheel drive, combines. Those are the things with less ground pressure, the things that are going to get them earlier in the field, you know, be able to go uh, earlier in the fall, spring. Those are the things that are going to make them more profitable. Uh, we have other things like precision farming and those types of things, sprayers uh, with a lot of automation on them. So they're looking for things that are going to make them more profitable, and we have to adapt as manufacturers. You only have so much money that you can spend on research and development. You have invested there heavily. You know, certainly Tier 4, uh, interim and final, uh, was probably the most expensive R&D project of ad- the agricultural industry in the history, right? And and yet we were we were proud to do our part. We were lucky, I guess, or timing is everything, that it was during an upswing in the ag economy. Um, you know, our prices, uh, typical prices on farm machinery during that time period went up 23% due to newer products, but also engine influence, cost of engines. You know, if we were to try to do that now, it would be a, a very negative effect on the, our machinery business. Um, so we were, we were glad to do it, but now we're back to investing in you know, productivity and, and products and enhancements that can make a farmer more profitable. We look over our shoulder at agriculture, and in the 70s and the 80s, there was a lot of tillage. We were trying to create an optimal seed bed so that we could get uniform planting and uniform emergence at a better crop. Well, because of research and technology with planters, now we don't have to tillage much to be able to place those seeds where they need to be and to get that stand. How has technology 
advance the farmer's ability towards sustainability? And where do you see research and development and technology taking us in the days to come? Well, certainly the least you can disturb the soil, the the better you're going to be from the standpoint of having erosion control and having cover crop uh, sustainability. And I think that uh, you look at our partnership that we just signed with Precision Planning to where, you know, we have the best-in-class planner unit there is, but yet when you're able to take some of the components that enable you to do uh, you know, the, the precise seed placement, volume, and uh, variable placement, and those types of things. I think those are the things that producers are looking for, uh, as opposed to the amount of equipment it takes to, you know, and passes you have to make on, a, on an acre of ground. So thinking of the research and development element, if Tier 5 comes your way, if some of the things that are happening uh, in Europe and in other places of the world are adapted and brought to the U.S., mm-hmm. How does that affect you? Well, I think we would this time as manufacturers and, and being the chairman of the Ag Sector Board for AEM, I think part of my my position would be and, and AEMs would be that we really need for our legislators to really look closely at this because, as I said, we are very proud as an industry to be a part of Tier 4 interim and final. But for the incremental reduction uh, into the air that we're going to get and the cost associated you know, for Tier 5 in this economic condition, uh, I think we should really take a second look at it. Are machines sold today by price or by price per acre? I, I think a little bit of a little bit of price per acre, a little bit of uh, uh, cost per hour on tractors. I don't think people are looking whatsoever at all at total price anymore. It doesn't phase them to spend four or five hundred thousand dollars. It's more, what is it going to uh, what is it going to cost me for the time I own the machine or I have the machine, which is nowadays only three, four, five years at the most. Uh, before they trade for newer technology. So they're looking at the short interim they own it and the hours or the acres they're going to put on it, and that's the cost per acre, cost per hour. How did Section 179 and advanced depreciation, did it help you and your industry? Did it help your growers? It didn't particularly help us as a cash crop-based organization with high-horsepower products. Those those decisions of the cash crop producers as to whether, with their accountants, as to whether to buy machinery at the end of the year, expensive machinery at the end of the year, or pre-buy inputs you know, for the next year, 2015, was made back in August, September, October. So really when it came out so late, we saw relatively no, no positive out of it for us. But for the years that you had it, did it stimulate business? Oh, there's no doubt that it inflated business. It, I mean, we, we had people buying because uh, for tax situations as opposed to necessity to have newer machinery on the farm. So I, I think it was a contributor, no doubt, to the uh, uh, inordinate amount of new product uh, that was sold in North America. Uh, and I think there's a place for it, but it needs to be uh, regulated from the standpoint that it's sustainable, it's long-term, uh, and it's projectable so that we can, as manufacturers, know the impact over a given time period that we would have on manufacturing. And as a producer, a farmer, be able to be better from the standpoint of knowing over a certain period, four or five years, that that portion due to Section 179 would affect your machinery purchases. There are many calls for a complete reform and, and rewrite of the U.S. Tax code from corporate taxes all the way down to producers in the Section 179 advanced depreciation and for renewable fuels. How is the the unstable tax code or the code that we have today? How does it work against you, or does it? 
Well, I, I think there's mixed opinions from the standpoint that we re we recognize as, as good citizens that we need tax revenue to run the country. On, on the other hand, we need effective tax legislation. So I think agriculture is willing to do their part. Um, but I do think that, you know, it needs to be a fair part and it needs to be a consistent implementation. Is there a concern with the commodity price of major crops moving to the lower levels that we've seen that it would affect, A, the price of machinery, especially used machinery that a farmer might hone uh, and, and be using uh, for collateral or fuller's operation or for trade-ins for new machines or purchases outright? Yeah, I think that, unfortunately, the, the price of new machinery is, is pretty much dictated by the, the annual labor cost increases that we, that we you know, put in place with our manufacturing facilities uh, in addition to cost of materials. And, and if you're running 2 3% or so on an inflationary basis of those two per year, there's not a lot you can do but pass that on to the, to the producer, whereas I think you know, then you start looking at the economic uh, impact of newer technology, then you can start saving money to a producer when you're doing that. So I think that cost of machinery will continue to escalate uh, as long as we're, you know, we're uh, continuing to uh, you know, produce it uh, and have labor and have those costs in place. Uh, and we want to offer new technology. So I don't think you're going to see a decline in new machinery prices. But on the used end of it, uh, the used is really dictated by supply and demand from the standpoint of you know, what is in the marketplace right now and, and who's buying. And unfortunately, when you 2013, we had a peak of all high horsepower uh, new product sales in North America. And then, you know, 2014, we had a dramatic drop. The dealers are stuck from the standpoint of having that uh, product that they previously traded for at a, at a different price in those values. And certainly an oversupply will diminish values that they already have money invested in. We looked at it as a manufacturer and look at it as a manufacturer that, as I said earlier, the dealer is our partner. They're our customer. Uh, and a point in case was, was last year in 2014 when Case IH made sure that we were helping our dealers move an inordinately high level of use combines, uh, and it helped us and rewarded us as a partner uh, with a strong order board this year in 2015 on combine orders, new combine orders. You've mentioned that machines need to be smarter, and obviously there's much debate about data. Farmers are managing so much more information. What does that require of you now in machinery sales, and what will it require of you in machinery sales as you attempt to meet their needs, obviously to be more efficient in production. Yeah, I think uh, I think you know data itself is is probably the new horizon of, of farm equipment lingo. I mean, it's it's to me it's like ten years ago when we talked about auto steer and. And, you know, producers were saying, well, why? I have an operator. Why would I need anybody to help me steer my tractor or my combine? And now it's standard equipment on every product. And I think data is certainly powerful from the standpoint of improving profitability per acre, cost per acre. Uh, but who, how do we really harness it? What do we use it for? Is still out there in the horizons of, of, you know, usability and sustainability. So I know at AEM, you know, our position is listening to both ends of the spectrum. So we have, a, you know, we have a relationship with the Open Data Alliance people, uh, and we have a relationship with the AI Gateway people who are, are, are certainly an enterprise trying to promote data management. And, and I think it's too early to tell right now 
what is the direction going to be, uh, you know, with the utilization of data in the future. But we know it is going to be important uh, to you know, be smart iron, as we talk about. Speak of communication, because we're using so much the, the global positioning satellites now, GPS and precision planting. Uh, what more is needed and, and what attempts need to be made to open the lines of communication to help farmers be more productive and sustainable? Well, I think that, uh, you know, what you find is technology over a shorter period of time than in the past becomes more affordable. And I think, you know, the, the thought of satellite transmission on global positioning was something that even five, six years ago was, was thought of as being an inordinate and, and a non-real cost that could be uh, on an everyday basis. And yet now with it, along with broadband and different facilities, you know, make, make that type of communication very economical and will continue to be in the future. So I think that, you know, we're seeing things that come along that have been in the pipeline for the normal four or five years of product development and being technology that is just surprising us, you know, the, the public at least, every year of what's new. Uh, and, and yet it's out there already being planned four or five years ago. Are there regulatory or legislative issues for Washington that you have an eye on for 2015 and 16? Uh, regulatory, I would say that the thing that we're really, uh, from an ag uh, consortium, interested in is, uh, even though we're ag, we're very much an AEM from the ag sector board and all manufacturers, ag manufacturers, very much support some type of implementation or certainly long-term sustainability of the highway fund. Um, you know, we utilize, uh, you know, those those uh, ports, those waterways uh, to move our grain, roads to, to move our grain, our, our machinery, uh, and we need best-in-class, uh, you know, instruments to be able to do that. So we, I would say the highway bill right now is top of our list from the standpoint of an ag consortium. And taxes? I think taxes to us is more important on the inheritance tax provisions because, as you know, it, it, we can talk about farming and how large size and scale everybody has gotten, but at the end of the day, it is still a very family business, and, and it needs to have the provisions of being able to be passed on from generation to generation and not put you know that next generation out of business and not be able to sustain the ownership and the productivity that uh, the farm produces and with the inheritance taxes. So when we think about the future, what will machines look like at the 30th commodity classic when we gather? I'll tell you, technology advances so fast right now that, you know, I thought it was difficult to tell, you know, five years ago what was going to be out here today. Uh, and I think it's just wonderful for the things that we have planned. I know from Case IH and even, you know, hard iron and soft uh, and soft iron, or, uh, you know, smart iron, there's a lot of exciting things coming. And I think that uh, as long as we can keep the pipeline, it's still a supply and demand machinery business, and we have to be able to keep the new machinery, you know, coming in and then moving out as used machinery. And I think the dictation of what kind of volumes will be sold in the future will be the used machinery pipeline. The segment is called Open Mic. The mic is yours. Well, I think, again, I think agriculture is a very cyclical business. And I think that legislators need to make sure they understand that. And so, as I said, as far as uh, uh, investment in uh, uh, engine uh, emissions restrictions and so forth, the reductions, I should say, uh, we were all proud to do it from the standpoint from Tier 4 interim and Tier 4B. And, again, it was the most expensive R&D project in agricultural history. And I would just caution as we're looking at Tier 5 for the uh, uh, the next add-on reduction for the cost of that in these economic times of agriculture that our legislators 
always take a serious look at it. Our thanks to Jim Walker, Vice President of Case IH North America Agricultural Business, our guest this week on Open Mic. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by Syngenta. See how we're focusing on our one planet with six commitments. See the Good Growth Plan at www.goodgrowthplan.com. For AgriPulse, I'm Jeff Galley. 